Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome into another edition of College Golf Talk. Steve Burkowski, Brentley Romine with you. We're uh, recording this on a Thursday morning, so we're going to turn this around rather quickly. A lot to discuss. March Madness. We were talking hoops last week. We'll let you know how well or how poorly we did. And it's the time of the year, Brentley, mid to late March, April around the corner. We're on the cusp of what I believe is the most exciting six weeks in college golf. Not a big statement saying that, but teams <laughs> trying to really get themselves ready for a postseason run. Yeah, we got the co- conference tournaments just around the corner. We've got a big men's event in Augusta, the, the ANWA. And I think uh, as we move forward, the Augusta National Women's Amateur is going to be kind of the maybe the springboard into the final few weeks of the season, into the postseason on the women's side. So, um, yeah, excited. Uh, admittedly, I'm, I'm having some technical difficulties today. Uh, my my computer decided it wanted to update. I'm, I'm on my phone. I got all my notes now on my phone. So bear with me, uh, but I'm going to try my best. Well, you're savvy. I know you can uh, work your way through <laughs> it. Uh, and, of course, uh, College Golf Talk brought to you by our good friends at Velocity Global as they seamlessly connect Employers and talent, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. This global work platform is built on cloud-based technology, compliance expertise, and unmatched scale in 185 countries in all 50 United States. The world of work is forever changed. Talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done. And more than 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration. They rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, accelerating the future of work. And if you'd like to learn more, visit velocityglobal.com slash golf. We're down to the sweet 16 in hoops. I was all in on Rutgers in that first four game, double overtime against Notre Dame, and they fell just short. Devastating, heartbreaking. (laughs) Uh, I I know there have been some really good games. Still maybe one of the best two or three games played so far in this NCAA tournament. But because the State University of New Jersey fell short, it doesn't mean that we can't jump on the Peacocks bandwagon from St. Peter's in Jersey City taking down Kentucky. 
winning against, I believe, was it Murray State? They took down the entire state yeah. of Kentucky. They're moving they, on. They eliminated me from my survivor pool. I picked. I tried to get cute and pick Murray State over them. And so for the second straight year, I went out with a seven seed against a 15. It's tough. It's tough. But you know what? Shaheen Holloway, their head coach, probably on his way to Seton Hall, where he played collegiately, an absolute star in the Garden State, uh, in high school, in college. Uh, it, forget that it's Jersey. It's just a hell of a story. Here's a guy that makes 250 grand as the head coach and four of Kentucky's five assistant coaches make more than him. It's why we love March Madness. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a little bummed about Auburn, though. I mean, we talk about the, the great run of, of St. Mary's, and there's some teams that are playing some really good basketball right now. But I had a feeling. Right? I, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast, but surely shared this with my wife, who's a big Auburn, Auburn fan and some other people. I think I had them go into the Elite Eight, but my heart was – or my brain was telling me that they, uh, that they were going to get bounced in the second round, and, and I should have listened to my brain. Had a lean when we had Derek Radley, the women's golf coach at Oregon on last week, he referenced where he was before in Arizona. They look good. They got very fortunate and maybe a no call near the end of that game against TCU allowed the Wildcats uh, to win. But of course, tonight, Michigan, big win over Tennessee. They've got a sweet 16 showdown against Villanova. So, we will be supporting my better half's uh, alma mater wearing the maize and blue and see if they can have a little redemption from that national title game a few years ago uh, where Villanova handily took care of the Wolverines. But uh, it's a lot of fun. I'll be intrigued to see if Coach K's final run uh, can get him at least to the final four. Uh, they got a toughie against Texas Tech. Man, that's going to be a defensive battle. And I'm actually watching that game tonight with Shane Ryan, who's a huge Duke fan from, from Golf Digest, you know, uh, other outlets, great author. Uh, so it, it should be fun. Hopefully I don't, uh, you know, <laughs> root for Texas Tech too hard because I did pick them. <laughs> well, just, you know, you want to just navigate your bracket, have a chance, see what you can do. Uh, but we thought we thought we'd pay off what we discussed last week with a a little follow-up eight days later. PGA Tour U rankings are out, and it's getting intriguing now as these guys are trying to secure the top five to get to the Corn Ferry Tour. And, and they're familiar names, Bennett, Cootie, Shikara, McAllister, RJ Mankey, trying to hang on to one of those spots. And um, I'm hopeful that we might see some volatility um, coming down the stretch it's so hard to figure when they have that two-year window of events Brentley if truly someone can make a move at Greyhawk uh you know that might vault them up three four or five spots yeah it, it seems like every week we have a, a a bunch of players you know six to seven players kind of dropping one spot moving up one spot uh, with the bonus points now at Greyhawk for the NCAA championship, I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm hopeful that we could see, you know, maybe four and five get bumped out by six and seven. Um, you, you, you got Cole Hammer just outside. You got a couple other great players. Alex Fitzpatrick slipped a little bit, but he can, he can get hot. There's a lot of big events left, a lot of points on the table. And so last year, yeah, I mean, it, it was a little 
disappointing, I think, to basically be playing the NCAA championship and realizing that, oh, wait, Quade Cummins has no shot to catch Garrett Reban. But I, I think and I, I believe that that's not going to be the case this year. We will certainly keep an eye on uh, those rankings over the course of, uh, gosh, a little over two months now. Greyhawk is not far away. A lot of results to quickly go over. We'll start with the men from the past week. Uh, the NIT out in Tucson. A week ago, we were saying, gosh, are there question marks for Oklahoma State? If somebody had questions, they probably had a heck of a uh, resounding answer that things are just fine in Stillwater. Yeah, that's kind of our job, though, right, Burko, to, to overreact to, to one performance? Absolutely. That's why we do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just an impressive performance in a little bit different lineup than we've, we've seen. Uh, Amon Gupta has been playing really, really well. I believe he has a couple top seven finishes in his last two starts. Of course, when Shakara get, uh, gets it rolling on the greens, I mean, still using the broomstick. If, if he can just be an average to poor putter, I think he wins by five shots every tournament like he did at Tucson National. But if he's having a terrible putting week, that's when he kind of comes back to the field. So uh, very, very, very impressive performance for him. Uh, just kind of going down the, the individual leaderboard and also the team leaderboard, keep an eye on Texas. They're, they're getting better. They're getting healthier. Cole Hammer, T5, Travis Fix, been playing really well, T11. But how about the final round by Parker Cootie? His second event back after breaking his arm, shoots a final round 64, rockets up the leaderboard, finishes tied for 16th. If, if they can get Pearson back, which, you know, I spent a little bit of time with this team yesterday here in Austin and, they look good. I mean, keep an eye on them. I think they're a little bit under the radar, but they've they've beat Oklahoma now. They've beat Pepperdine. Um, you know, and I, I was talking to Coach Fields yesterday. I thought it was interesting. He said that when you're missing your number one player, which I think you could argue that Pearson Cootie is their top guy, you're kind of leaving 20 shots out there over the course of 54 holes. So, I mean, you do the math, you add 20 shots, and Texas is only losing by a shot. So, um, yeah, I, I just just keep an eye on Texas. What do we think about Pearson? Uh, what's, uh, what did you learn about potentially his uh, health and return? Well, I mean, he's, he's hitting balls. He's, he's hitting putts. He's, he's been playing. Um, I, I, I think he's, he's anxious to, to get to Augusta. That'll be his first event back and, and play 36 holes. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, I think that, that Saturday, that marathon day will kind of tell us how, how he's feeling health-wise. But um, maybe not hitting it quite as far right now, but has spent a lot of time chipping and putting because, as you know, when you get injured and you break an arm or do something like that, that's the first thing you you're allowed to do. So he's been spending a lot of time doing that. And um, so it, it'll be interesting, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to, to see him throw a, you know, a top 20 or a top 15 and there is first event back. We will keep an eye on the Longhorns. Uh, congrats though, to Oklahoma state. How about the Georgia Bulldogs, the linger longer invitational love that event. And another one of those teams that, Maybe in that second tier, if you will, eight to 15 in the country, in my estimation, that showed when things are coming together, maybe they can throw their name in the hat and make it to match play uh, in Arizona. 
What do you think linger longer stands for? I've always wondered that. You probably know, but I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I've been known to linger, and maybe I do it longer than others. And I'm just <laughs> pulling this out of pie in the sky. Uh, I do not know, so we'll have to do a, a deep dive on that. But, you know, you think about Chris Hack uh, uh, driving the boys to school this morning of, you know, 99, they went at Hazeltine. 05 Caves Valley, one of the best programs in the country, yet it's 17 years removed from a while. national championship. And, and don't get me wrong, these things are incredibly difficult to win. But we always talk about Georgia on the PGA Tour, and rightfully so. They had a heck of a lot of guys in the last 10 years that have given them a chance, and it just Hasn't come together. Maybe this group is a little bit different dynamic, still very talented, but I think it's always that transition for the Southeast teams out to desert golf, how they handle it. To me, that's still the big X factor for Georgia and others. Yeah, there, there's a handful of things to like about the squad, but I think there's also still some, some causes for concern, uh, mainly just, just depth. I, I, I think that the top of the lineup is very good. Trent Phillips is has really come into his own, um, has, you could argue, he's probably right now one of the top five or six players in the entire country. Um, ben, ben Van Vick from, uh, from Augusta, and I know I just butchered his name, and, you know, he'll probably get, get on me about that if he hears it, but um, he, he finished solo third. I mean, that's a great performance, and, and Maxwell Ford, I, I think, so many people have, have talked so much about his twin brother, David, that Maxwell kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. And, you know, that's a, that's a top three right here for, for Georgia. You kind of add Nick Cassidy to, to that group. And, you know, that's a team that, that could probably, probably sneak in there. I mean, they're, they're going to be around, you know, that, that top 10 uh, going into the final day, I think at Greyhawk, should they make it and um, definitely have, have, have the talent to kind of sneak in there. But I think when you, when you stack them up kind of man to man against uh Oklahoma State or against a Pepperdine, against a Texas. I think there's there's a clear clear difference. But I mean, as you said, you know, Chris Hack's been doing this a long time. I think he knows the the right buttons to push, and I I know that he's feeling a lot more confident about this squad than maybe he has you know a, a few squads in the past few years. And then you go out west, the Oregon Duck Invitational, a squad that intrigued me, piqued my interest in the fall. Washington Huskies not only win, win by 17 shots over Utah. And head coach Alan Murray, I'm telling you, the transfer of R.J. Mankey from Pepperdine back home to Washington State, I think it's completely overhauled the dynamic out there. And I think another squad in that 8-12, to 8-14 to 14 range that I think could legitimately be a threat. Yeah, and, and they're obviously in their element. I mean, the Pacific Northwest, Washington tends to always get it done there. R.J. Mankey, uh, obviously a, a Seattle area guy. But this is a good team, and they beat some pretty solid teams in Arizona State. They beat Oregon um, on their home golf course, which the Ducks have been playing some really good golf of late. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, th this is a squad, and I, I, I would argue that the, the transfer of R.J. Mankey could, could be maybe even more important than Goddard going to Oklahoma, just in terms of what Mankey 
kind of means to this Washington squad. And if you take him out of the lineup, they're a completely different team. I think Oklahoma still has a lot of really talented players. Um, but, but yeah, and actually looking at this individual leaderboard, Washington had the top three guys. Um, Teddy Lynn actually won one of the best names in golf. Peter Hervey was third. RJ was second. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, solid team. And uh, we got to watch him a little bit at the Southwestern. Obviously, um, Coach Murray was, was, was not there that week. Um, but I think we'll have a, a chance to, to catch up with him in uh, six or seven weeks in the uh, desert. My big concern coming out of that, Arizona State tied for third in Eugene. 36 shots behind Washington. I can't figure them out. A lot of talent, a lot of depth. Some weeks they look like world beaters. Other weeks, I'm not sure if they'd make it to match play, even at Greyhawk. And that might be a bit of a stretch to think they wouldn't do it, but the inconsistency um, would give me pause for concern uh, nearly April, uh, just a few days away. Yeah, well, we talk about Washington being in their element. I think Arizona State was clearly out of their element. And moving forward, as long as they don't get sent, you know, I don't know where all the regionals are, but as long as they don't get sent somewhere tricky for them, they're going to be, you know, they, they have a home event coming up. Obviously, uh, the national championships are at Greyhawk uh, in the Phoenix area. So they're, they're going to be more comfortable as the year rolls on. And I think there are some positives to take away in that, uh, Jose Ballester notches by far the best finish of his college career, solo fifth. David Pouge, though, that I, I can't – you just talk about – you can't seem to figure out Arizona State. I, I can't figure out David Pouge. I mean, he looks unbeatable one week, and then the next week he, he can't beat more than, you know, 15 or 20 guys in a field. So he's got to get, get it together. Cameron Sisk has slowed down a little bit since his hot start to the fall. That, I, I'm a little concerned, Burko, especially when you see Oklahoma State rounding into form. You see Oklahoma has been so consistently good the entire year. Texas is starting to gain some momentum as they get healthy. Arizona State may end up being the the odd man out um, once we start getting into match play, or you know, even you know, even before that. So, but I'll tell you what: if they play like they did at Eugene Country Club for four rounds at Greyhawk, they're not going to make match play. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. And again, food for thought. We overreact one way or another, but to your point, that's what we're here to do. Uh, so we will continue to monitor the Sun Devils over the next few weeks. Florida State, nice win at the All-American, 17-shot victory. And the for catch squad it, man. That, Yeah, the for, catch a, it, for man a squad won. that lost two really, really good players uh, a year ago in Norman and Pac, I don't know, Trey Jones are sort of lingering. They weren't at the linger longer. I know. I, they, they should have been at the linger longer because they're <laughs> lingering longer or shorter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not not a great field. I mean, let's let's kind of throw that out there and, and, and be honest about this. But, I mean, they still won by 17 shots. And 
very shocked to see Freddie Ketchup, our guy, uh, friend friend of the program. I, I I don't know if he's a friend of the program, but I just made that up. But he he should be. Um, Sounds that feels right. Sounds right. Yeah, ranked ranked seventeenth in golf stat right now. Um, that's that's very good. Um, he's he's clearly got star potential, and it'll be interesting. But I, I want to bring up a team. As you scroll down this leaderboard, you go all the way down to 11th behind North Texas, Houston, Sam Houston, Lamar, Arkansas State, all those teams, the Baylor Bears. They are, and let me, I took a photo of my laptop screen since my computer decided to update on me, but this is also the time of year where we start talking about 500 rule. And Baylor is now 29 and 56. And they still got to play a big 12. They still got to play a big 12 championship. Um, I would imagine that their schedule gets pretty tough. So, I mean, this could be, this could be a year that we don't see Baylor uh, make the postseason because of the 500 rule. And while we're on that subject, just went through golf week, Sagarin rankings, because they do show the head to head Alabama right now, 27, 31 and one. That's a little bit concerning considering the sec has 14 teams in it. TCU 50, 72 and two. And UCLA, this is Derek Freeman's last semester. They're 32 and 68. So there's some teams that probably have the 500 rule on their bulletin board right now as maybe some extra motivation, but it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough. I, I know Mike McGraw is a, a great coach and you know, Johnny Kiefer has, has shown some, some glimpses of some solid play, but the, and this is a team that if, if I had to guess right now, um, I I don't see them making regionals. Yeah, well, you, you just rattled off three programs that are anywhere between 10 and 30 under 500. I mean, you, you've got to run the table. Yeah. You, you can't go finish fourth or fifth, pick up six, but lose three. Like, you've you've got to run it, and there there isn't a lot to run left on these schedules. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be lingering shorter. Ooh, I like that. That's well said. Yeah, uh, women's, a uh, couple of big ones coming up. You got the Liz Murphy, uh, hosted by, uh, the folks in Athens, Georgia. You got Wake, USC, Texas, Old Miss, South Carolina, uh, then out in Tempe, the Ping ASU Invitational. So to me, it's sort of that final opportunity for some of these women's programs. Cause then you, you bleed right into the Augusta national women's amateur. And then there might be a straggler here or there, but we've got conference championships three weeks away. Like it's yeah, sort of it's go here. time. It's yeah. When we get through Augusta a couple of weeks there, it, it's happening. I mean, we're a month away from the women's regional selection show. So um, I think it's that final statement for uh, a lot of programs uh, to deal with. And, and unlike the men, they don't have to concern themselves with the 500 rule, but, I've always said once you get that far down in the regionals, no disrespect, the 69th team in the country is not winning a national championship. Yeah, I agree. Uh, should yeah, should I just, the 500 rule be in women's golf? I mean, just a quick aside, should it? Uh, a good question. Uh, why not? And I, and I yeah. just sort of randomly throw that out there of why not? to make it fair, equitable for all those involved. But the one thing we have seen, 
and Baylor is not doing it, and I tip my cap to Mike McGraw, you get schedules maybe getting a little bit altered to pick up some easy W's. So as soon as I say why not, I sort of respect that all those teams are going to the Liz Murphy or headed out to Tempe, uh, and they don't have to concern themselves with it. So I, I'm yeah. I'm torn. I'm sort of torn. I, I'm not sure if there would be a big upside. I know there's others out there that would crunch numbers that would make me uh, probably blue in the face of, of you know what the percentages have shown over the last decade. So uh, I'll let those smarter people figure that out. Um, but in <laughs> terms of the Augusta National Women's Amateur, you're going. I'm going. Year three, can't wait. Uh, it's phenomenal. You know, it, it, it's now, as you and I were discussing earlier, you almost feel like this is April and Augusta. It's now meaningful on an entirely different level. And you look at Roseang, you look at Rachel Heck, Ingrid Lindblad certainly intrigues me. You go back to the second nine last year, and there were a half dozen women that had the chance to win, including Amelia Miliacho, who posted figured she was two or three short. And next thing you know, the pressure of the moment got to some of them and she was in a playoff. So, so hard to gauge. I mean, if you want easy money, if you will, you can never go wrong with Roseang. But I got a suspicion about Lindblad, and that's not a flyer as the third ranked player in the world, that she's really playing some great golf this spring. And I think uh, she knows she had an opportunity last year that, that sort of, Got uh, got through her hands. Yeah, I, I'd be curious if Vegas ever did odds for this tournament. What what Rosang's odds odds would be? Um, you know, going into this week. I mean, I, you'd, you'd have to think they'd probably be plus five hundred, plus six hundred, likely. I mean, she's just yeah. that good. But yeah, uh, sorry, Burko, go ahead. No, I was going to say yes. Clearly, would be the favorite in my estimation. So. Mm-hmm. Rachel Hag um, probably up there. I, I I do like your your Lindblad pick, but my my I'll probably go with Carolina Shakara. And I know you have a response to this, but for simply being, I don't think there's there's very few women in the field who hit the ball as as high and as as long as she does. And and we know that's a recipe for success around that place. Um, her game reminds me a lot of Maria Fossey, um, but a lot better around the greens and on the greens. So she could do something special. And I know it's her first time, but um, I'm I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Shikara. I like that. And, we were, we, you know, the, the first time we always hear at the Masters. And I think it could apply here as well of the nuances, the intricacies, but also the aura of playing Augusta National Golf Club. You get Emma Spitz, Erica Shepard, Rose, that that have been there before. It's still extremely special and meaningful. But I remember talking to a handful of these ladies a year ago, and they're like, they feel better prepared because they're not wowed every step of the way, if that makes sense. You're always wowed at Augusta. Yeah. But they've they've been there. They say, okay, let's go play some golf. But – Hey, Fuzzy Zeller won in his first start, right? Uh, <laughs> the Masters back it, in the day. But it but it rarely happens, right? And I, I think the nerves are a big deal because it's just a special place. I mean, you, you show up there. 
I mean, even, even when you show up there and you're not playing, you know, in a tournament, you, you have these butterflies as you stand on the first tee and, and hit your first tee shot. I mean, it, and, and they don't really go away. And so it's just such a challenge. And I think champions retreat is such a special place as well. I mean, they really do a great job there. I mean, everything is pristine that they've done a lot of work to that golf course over the last half decade. And um, I, I think there's been a lot of great changes and it's just a, it's a week where every detail is not ignored and you feel like, you know, you, you owe it to yourself because you don't know how many times you're going to play in this event and you owe it to yourself to play the best you can. And sometimes that puts a lot of inner pressure on you and you don't perform. So that's kind of the inner struggle, I think with, with these big events. And I think you could arguably say that the, the, the Anwaz is up there with any other event in women's amateur golf. I, I know the U S women's amateur has a lot of history, but in terms of strength of field, uh, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thrilled to be heading back there uh, next week for the third edition of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You threw out on the old Twitterverse that we were going to record a pod. Anyone had some questions. So let's pay off a few uh, that took the time. Marcus wondering, are we headed for the Oklahoma Sooners-Oklahoma State Cowboy matchup at Greyhawk that so many of us thought was going to happen at Karsten Creek in 2018 that didn't happen? Uh, I'll jump in and say right now, Probably two of the three, two of the four best teams in the country. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. But we know it's a crapshoot. Seedings, how they end up. Are they on the right side of the bracket? Um, you need a lot of good fortune to potentially put them on a collision course. If you could get it on that Wednesday at Greyhawk, I think we'd be in for a heck of a treat. Yeah, I, I, I see this matchup potentially happening, but maybe not in the final simply because at, at least at this point, I kind of see Oklahoma State potentially being the stroke play medalists. And I see Oklahoma, much like they did last year, just doing enough to, to get in and then catching fire. Not to say they can't win at all, but I, I just see more of a four or, or a five seed coming out of stroke play for the Sooners. Um, just just purely because um, I, I think one through five, there are some teams that are better than, than, than them. But when you get those boys in match play, I don't think there's anyone better than them. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm still I'm – still, that's not to say I'm changing my pick. I'm, I'm still riding with Texas. But, um, but Oklahoma, man, those, those guys can play some match play. Yeah, they sort of understand uh... – the premise of it for lack of a better term it really doesn't seem to phase them uh college golf book one of our diehards I, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel safe to say a, a friend of the program yeah we were wondering about our buddy uh freddie ketchup uh it could be him oh i like that he's wondering i think it's do you, we, oh, I gosh. Think it's you Burko. I, 
I barely tweet on my own thing. <laughs> I can't have a <laughs> That's why you're, you're, you're too busy tweeting off the college golf book. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was wondering, or she, do you prefer the championship format of about a decade ago where it was 54 holes to stroke play and then three days of match play or the current format, 72 holes of stroke play and then the two days of match play and then wondering, will we ever get that ideal 72 holes and three days? There's always that debate each and every year of the quarterfinals right into the semis. I'll be honest. I don't ever see it changing from the standpoint of television. And I'm just going to be upfront, candid. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is simply ideal opportunities on our network to blow it out of the water. We sort of mm -hmm. got fortunate a conce uh, concession at Prairie Dunes in 14, where there was something in mind. All these weather delays created something we thought was phenomenal. The opportunity and chance to crown an individual champ. And oh, by the way, how about the race for eight? Almost every year there's drama, bonus golf. Um, and then you'll have coaches all over the place. Uh, it should be 72 holes for an individual champ. You're not going to get three days of match play unless the championship starts a day earlier. It will not go a day longer in the Thursday. Not going to happen in my estimation. What happens on Thursday, PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, champs, et cetera. There is no window to air it. And I'm just sort of going to be up front. I don't think it's a, a big secret. You, you see all our college golf events are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Does that mean things won't change? No. Do I see them changing? No, you know, there, there's no perfect science to it, um, but that's uh, my response. Your, uh, your feedback on that. Do you think uh, we've got, I think, I think college golf book opened a vein. <laughs> a little no, bit. Well, well, no, well, we hear it. We hear it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. It's not and, a bad thing. It's, it, it's always give and take, right? There's always drawbacks. There's always positives, but, but I'm with you. I, I, I think in a perfect world, yeah, maybe 54 holes of stroke play since that's what they do the entire year, plus, you know, quarterfinals on one day, semis on one day, final on the third day. I, I, I think in a perfect world, that's great. But we don't live in a perfect world. And the most important thing for the sport is television and to get the exposure to be on TV. So I don't have any issues with it. I know that that Tuesday is a long day. Um, but I, I would agree with you in that the race for eight, um, maybe not so much the race for the individual champion some years, because although last year it was pretty close, I mean, we've had some runaways before Matt Wolf comes to mind in 2019. But yeah, getting into eight, I would argue that's almost more exciting than the quarterfinals. Sometimes. I mean, I agree. I, I, There's I'm, no doubt. I'm, I'm doing a, a, a big look back on 2012 uh, NCAAs at Riviera and there were when you talk about Florida State and Kent State tying for eight and having to play the playoff the next morning there were you could go all the way to, to 17th place in Georgia and Georgia was only six shots back of that playoff I mean could you imagine if that was on TV I mean I've been talking with with some people from that event you know from Dylan Fratelli the John Fields you know all, all, all those guys 
And everyone's always like, could you imagine if that was on TV? Like that would have been insane. I mean, you had the Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas match. You know, you had the playoff with Berger and Kepka and Connors, Pendrith and Hughes. And there was just so many, you know, so many aspects to that. And so, but, but yeah, to, to answer the question, I, I, I don't see it changing and I don't know if I want it to change. Yep. And there's never going to be a consensus. It's not a perfect world, but uh, we try to answer fairly and honestly. Let's get one more from Michael asking what's more important, the golf stat rankings, the golf week rankings, and is there a third ranking the NCAA uses to determine the regional teams? That's always something that gets brought up, and, and I feel like you're really dialed into that of truly how the committee looks at all those rankings to determine uh, – who's getting a regional bid. Yeah. So to, to answer the last question first, they, they just use golf stat. Um, certainly there was a little bit more subjectivity last year, just in terms of COVID and, and the conference only schedules that teams played and the teams who couldn't play in the fall. So there was a little bit, um, you know, of, of instance where they kind of strayed from, from the golf stat rankings, but it's pretty much just straight down the line. Um, you know, the, the S curve as, as they call it, but I would argue in terms of, well, so, so that's more important that, that makes golf stat more important just because that determines your, your regional placing. But I would argue in terms of maybe what is more representative of, you know, players and, and teams as they relate to each other. I, I would argue that golf week may be a little better, if not just as, you know, just as good, just in terms of it's only head to head, how you perform against the, the, the players or the, the teams that you're facing, how much you beat them by the, the stroke differential. I know golf stat probably gives a little bit more weight to wins. Um, but, but to me, I mean, in college basketball, you got how many rankings? You got a, a bazillion. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think I, I think both rankings have merit. But if I had to pick one, I, I would probably pick pick golf week. And I know Lance Ringler would would love to, you know, love that I'm saying <laughs> that. I think you might be onto something. Throwing it out to the uh, Twitter birds to, to throw in some questions. I kind of like it. But but I, I, I always, it, when I'm looking at Haskins watch list and things like that, I mean, you're, you're using both of those rankings. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, you know, crap on, uh, on, on golf stat at all. Um, but just, you know, I, 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 I tend to use both of them, kind of average them out and, and uh, yeah. So I'm on board. Uh, last thing you threw out, and I think it's uh, intriguing. Some openings going to be uh, available in a couple of months. UCLA, Augusta, UNLV, Chattanooga. Which one do we think is the more attractive job of all those? And I think they each have their merit. Uh, I would put UNLV at number one. I think I agree. the access they have to all those courses um, – in Las Vegas and the surrounding areas, uh, there's some history. There is tradition, not that those other schools don't. But if you asked me which one I would put at the top, I think it is UNLV. And I've heard through uh, the grapevine, there are a few big-name coaches politicking to get that. And they are current coaches now. Hmm. Yeah. 
So you're not gonna you're not gonna throw them out. Uh, no, right. of course not. No, I can't can't do that. But but I think right, and I'm not saying the other ones don't have that, but right there alone gives you a sense of what people think about that job. Yeah, it's just so challenging too to coach at at UCLA because of the location, because of the facilities. Um, yes, they get to play Bel Air. I mean, there's yes, there's some some great courses in that area, but traffic, you know, lack of, uh, of facilities as it compares to. I mean, heck, I was just spent all day at Texas's facility yesterday. You, you, there's never any reason for those guys to leave except to go to class. I mean, everything's there for them. You know, you look at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, like it's an arms race in, in college golf. And I think UCLA has been left behind in, in that regard. So I, I would agree with you. I, I like UNLV, but, uh, you know, bringing up, bringing up Lance again, he, he, he had an interesting tweet uh, last night and he, and he said, if, if hiring of college golf jobs were similar to college basketball, Chris Zambri should be a head coach again by now. And short and certainly would be on a short list at UCLA, UNLV, Chattanooga, and Augusta. Um, I, I I I fully believe, and I know you're you're on board. I mean, he should have a college golf job or coaching job again if he wants it. Agreed. And we chatted with him a couple months ago. I think there is interest and intrigue to get back into it as a head coach for the right situation. Um, obviously it's been a difficult couple of years personally and professionally for Chris, but one of the all time best, um, let me just say these athletic departments need to wake up and return some phone calls and some emails. Yeah. We'll agree. leave it at that. Gotta, gotta respect people, but yes, I 100% agree, uh, with Lance, um, that guy was a top 10 coach when he was let go by USC. So uh, two sides to every story, but uh, hopefully if he wants it, uh, an opportunity will present itself to Chris Zambri. Uh, I think we covered a lot. I know you're still in Austin after your busy day at the University of Texas. We'll be uh, both heading to Augusta. We'll reconvene there. I think we can pro probably carve out a little time, uh, maybe Wednesday evening to uh, – do a quick whip around for college golf talk, but uh, safe travels home, safe travels to Augusta. And uh, I will see you next week, my friend. Thanks, Burko. And for people listening, the Augusta Green Jackets are a minor league baseball team in Augusta. Alan Bratton, the head coach of Oklahoma State, and Ryan Hall from South Carolina are throwing out dual first pitches next Thursday at the Green Jackets game. So if that is streamed anywhere, you're going to want to watch um, – I don't know if Alan can can get it to the plate. Uh, I'm going to challenge him on that, but uh, it it should be fun to watch. A lot of pressure on those two to get the job done. We will keep you updated on how successful they are or aren't with that opening pitch. But always appreciate you guys for joining us on College Golf Talk. For Brentley, I'm Burko. We'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.